Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Mage Wars Mondays. My name is Rick, and I am joined always by the illustrious uh, duo. Hmm. There's got to be a better way to introduce you guys. Yeah, the dynamic is like copywritten, I yeah. think. So. <laughs> I'll take illustrious. I don't care. I'm good with illustrious. Uh, so I'm Scott Morris. I'm vice president of business development at Arcane Wonders, and I have a giant hammer. <laughs> That's very fitting. Uh, <laughs> I'm Aaron Brosman. I'm creative director at Arcane Wonders. And every problem is a nail. <laughs> Drop the hammer! <laughs> I like it. That's awesome. All right, guys. Well, we're really excited. We had the idea to do this um, a, a few episodes ago. Um, but So we polled the official Arcane Wonders forums, Twitter, and Facebook into getting all of your player questions. So uh, we've got quite a few questions to go over. So this is going to be kind of a mailbag episode. So going back to the community of our um, awesome players of the Mage Wars uh, universe and just answering the questions that you want to have answered. So uh, we're going to jump right in here. Buchek had a couple of questions on the Mage Wars forums that we want to get uh, taken care of right away. Um, he asks, when Mage Wars was designed, what was the first mage? And Aaron, you may be able to speak to this just a bit. Yeah, no. Um, obviously, the beginning of Mage Wars predates me because uh, Brian was uh, Brian was developing it for... Uh, about five years before uh, before I got on. But um, he's always said that originally Mage Wars, um, you actually went through and you didn't just pick your spells. Um, you picked everything. Uh, if you wanted to be trained in a certain school, that would be... Um, that would be an ability that you'd pay for. And you want Melee Plus One, that's an ability you pay for. Um, different special abilities, um, some of them ended up being on the mages eventually. Those were all things you could pay for. So it was um, it was completely modular. You could build uh, whatever mage you want. And in the end, um, they found that while that was kind of cool, um, A, it took a ludicrous amount of time, uh, and B, it, it was a lot... It was a lot better when people had, you know, setups pre-made on the cards effectively. So that that helped kind of drive the game a lot, a lot smoother. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It actually sounds. It reminds me of like an old school um, advanced Dungeons and Dragons wizard duel at the core. Um, you know, you actually rather than having key set players, you could actually almost pick talents out and uh, really spec your character from the ground up. Uh, almost, which is which sounds very neat. Oh, definitely. No, Brian's Brian's talked about that uh, a lot, and and I I definitely think that's a really interesting way to go about it. I like I definitely like how we have it now, um, partially because I really think that that having the abilities on the cards, having that stuff laid out for you already, um, gives you a direction. Um, and our game has tons of options already. Um, so sometimes if you don't have a direction, um, then you just end up staring at all the options and you kind of get overwhelmed, yeah. which, I mean, that can happen uh, in any customizable game regardless. Um, but the more things that you let people change, the more likely uh, it could end up being too much. Oh, no doubt, for sure. Uh, Buchek also asks, when Mage Wars was, um, or rather... When mages were chosen for the core set, were the main four always the main four, or were there some other mages being kicked around early on as well? Uh, Brian has a file at his house that is enormous, and it's full of every mage concept that he's ever had um, or that someone's ever brought to him. Um, so there were definitely a bunch of ideas floating around, but ever since I had started playtesting them, um, the four that we have in the core set are the four that were, um, were going to be in the core set. Um, they were the ones that Brian felt um, most fit uh, the general theme of the game without being um, too complex. Like, the druid has some very specific things to her that kind of make her really unique, um, but it also makes her a lot more complex, whereas the original four, um, they're pretty straightforward in what they want to do. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so those were always the ones we were testing, but the rest of the mages were always on the back burner. Like they've they've almost always existed in one form or another. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Alistair and now asked, everyone's going to go to Brian's house and try and break in and yeah. steal that house. Away you go. Yeah, <laughs> the, the safe is actually in his uh, steel claw, steel clawed grizzly uh, mount that he's got in the corner. Yeah, right in the chest. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say what's guarding Brian's uh, you know valuable documents, but there, there definitely is something guarding him. So. It's a wall of ice. It's, that's right. <laughs> Um, Elisir asked, uh, to what extent has fan speculation been accurate regarding past and future expansions? And on that note, any hints, any hints about future expansions? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I don't know about like accuracy. Like we don't track like every, you know, single possible comment that people make about, about the game. It would be nice to, but we're a small company. So we, we have like a lot of daily work to do, let alone just you know keeping up with all the different social comments. We try and see what everyone posts, and and when it's appropriate, we try to reply to it. Um, but I would I would I don't know. I would probably say out of gut reaction, I would say probably seventy thirty. Seventies right, thirties wrong. Um, might be different. Aaron might have a different opinion on it, but at least from what I see when I engage with people. Um, like when we talk about Paladin versus Siren, um, I think it comes down to like archetypes that people are familiar with. Like if I tell you, what do you think a Paladin should do? Pretty much everyone says sword and board, deal and heal. You know, they have some concept in their head of what they think a Paladin should do. They may not be exactly right with some of the cards, um, but that that's actually one of the more fun things that we've done in the past where we've like, you know, shared like images of cards and, and ask people to, you know, guess what they do and things like that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would say probably maybe like, you know, 65, 35, 70, 30 in, in terms of that. So far what I've noticed, cause I mean, I, I've, the last couple of sets I've done a lot of stuff for the, uh, um, the previews. Um, a lot of times, a lot of times everyone gets something right. Like, um, you'll see something and you'll hear its name and then it'll be like, oh, well, I think it's probably fast or I think it's probably, you know, um, you know, uh, elusive or something like that. And a lot of times people are right about something as far as people actually getting a whole card, right? Um, yeah, right. that, that rarely <laughs> happens now. Um, I, I wish I could remember which card it was, but there was a card in, uh, forged in fire that we had said what the name was we showed the picture and someone actually guessed almost what exactly what it did it was pretty incredible um, but that's like that's about the only time that someone's got a whole card right a lot of times people will get um, you know aspects of the card correct um, but a whole card is exceptionally rare well, that's awesome um, he he also goes on to ask. He says, "There's a perception that the wizard is quite powerful, perhaps even overpowered in the current state of the game. Do you agree? And if so, how could the issue be addressed?" No, I don't agree. <laughs> um, I am undecided, uh, and the reason I say this, uh, the reason I say this is, uh, I take I take balanced stuff really seriously. Um, you can ask, uh, you can ask the playtesters. I've, you know, I've gone to them. I know we've gone around and around about, um, you know, various things that may or may not be broken, uh, things that people have issues with. And, and the balance in the game is something that I, I value very highly. So whether or not the wizard's broken, I've seen both sides and both, I, I find both sides that have very solid and convincing arguments. Um, the one thing I will say right now is that the wizard is, in fact, very strong. Um, mm -hmm. And I really think that giving more kind of widening um, what each school, especially the major schools, 
are capable of doing is really going to help um, some of these other mages kind of match that, uh, you know, that kind of power level. Um, I know that with Forge and Fire, one of our big things was expanding uh, what the war school could do. I mean, we had a few things that um, that's, you know, specific to war, uh, like Gurmash and like Conquer. But then we had some general things, you know, various commands, um, soldiers, new outposts, stuff like that. General things to kind of help strengthen the school in general. Um, and I think that that's, regardless of whether or not the wizard is overpowered, I definitely think that um, the schools in the game need to have that kind of attention. Um, it's one of the reasons I'm really excited about Paladin Siren is because the Holy School is one that could really benefit from having, you know, being a deeper, uh, a deeper school with more options. And so that's, I mean, that's why I'm looking forward to that, that set quite a bit. So the long story short, um, whether or not the wizard is broken, um, I think that the, the first step, the thing that, that has to be done regardless is strengthening the other schools. Um, Arcane by itself right now is already really solid. It already does quite a few things. It already has, you know, lots of options. It's very good school. Mm -hmm. And we need to get other schools to have options and identity and to, to really be solid as well. And so that's, that's what I'm looking at right now, um, is hoping to, to strengthen the other schools. Um, but I am the, the nature of the wizard is always an issue that's in the forefront for me because I want to make sure that, that we make the right call. Um, I don't want to make the, the quickest response. I want to make the right response. And so I do pour over a lot of the, um, the issues involving the wizard. So that's kind of where that's at right now. So that was an answer from a uh, designer standpoint. I'll give you an answer from a player standpoint. I don't think anything's broken in the game. I don't think anything's imbalanced in the game. I think that there are different levels of players in the game. I think because I have seen great players make mistakes with great spell books mm -hmm. and lose, that it truthfully comes down to how you're playing. Now, I'm not saying that whoever... I'm definitely not saying that whoever posted this is playing like this, but I'm going to say in general, a lot of people that come to me personally with a discussion that the wizard is broken or overpowered are generally playing something incorrectly. Uh, I've seen a lot of people come to me with teleport uh, questions, with questions about specific spells like chain lightning and things like that, and usually they are potentially playing something incorrectly. And once they realize how they're playing incorrectly, they go, oh, okay, wait a minute, that's different. Mm -hmm. Now, that said, I agree, the wizard is very strong. He is extremely versatile. He has access to some of the best spells at no penalty in terms of the arcane school. But, to give you an example, the last two tournaments I have been to that have had six or more players in a tournament, the wizard did not win the game, win the tournament, um, and in one didn't even make the top two. So uh, there are players out there who win with everything, and I think that really comes down to the strategy and the capabilities of the players. Uh, there was a gentleman quite recently that I met at a tournament who showed me his spell book before they went into the tournament, and it was a wizard spell book, and it was really powerful. Uh, I mean, I looked at this thing, and it was maybe a, a two- or three-trick pony but it was going to do those two or three tricks really wow. darn well yeah. <laughs> and really darn efficiently. And I told him, I said, and, and he was playing against a group of people who had not had even probably half the experience that he had had playing the game. And he made it to the finals with his book, but he got beat by a priest. Someone was using the, uh, the Malachi priest. And completely different play strategy, played to the reactions of what his player did, you know, the, the person with the wizard did very well, and ended up winning the game. So 
I am a firm believer that, yes, there can be imbalance in games of any type. When you look at our game, there are some things that are stronger than others, but I believe ultimately the way the game is designed right now that it truthfully comes down to the capability of the players playing the game. Um, there are always going to be things in any kind of game like this that are stronger than anything else um, and things that people gravitate to, but I will simply argue that if the wizard was broken or OP, he would win every single tournament, and he doesn't. So, the the thing I would say to kind of piggyback on that is, I like I came to I came to Mage Wars from a background of playing uh, competitive Magic poorly, um, <laughs> competitive versus well, um, and competitive wow mediocre. Um, but at the same time, like my time in those games, the the metas in those games were far more stratified than my experience has shown me that that Mage Wars is. Um, if the if there's something that's out of balance, the the mages as a whole are much more close to each other in this than. Uh, different deck archetypes were in Magic or Versus or WoW. Um, so I'm, that's something that excites me that our, that our mages on the whole, um, are, are fairly well balanced. Um, obviously, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, I would definitely agree that, um, if you have someone who truly, they just get the game, um, you can see them do amazing things with a variety of mages. Um, so, and I've watched uh, some very, very good players. Uh, one of the guys who uh, lives not far from me, and I've got to play with him several times, is the world, well, not the world champ, but the Gen Con champion from last year. Um, and he's a fantastic guy, but you you play Mage Wars with him, and it doesn't matter <laughs> which mage he's sitting down with, he's got something up his sleeve every yeah. time. Uh, and I've seen him play Wizard, I've seen him play Necro, I've seen him uh, play a bunch of things. So I think right now the field is still open. There's still options. So, Oh, there's definitely a lot of options. And one thing um, that we haven't really touched on is just the fact that you know damage is random at the end of the day it's all it's all the luck of the die too so you can have one of the best books and just have a really bad day with rolling i've had plenty of those and uh, you know and, and walk away um defeated um and vice versa so the game is well balanced in that aspect as well that no matter how strategical you could be um, or how much strategy you have rather um there's still an element of luck involved which makes the game very very exciting um yeah there's um I've seen many people lay out the best laid plans and then roll five blanks on yeah. their first roll for change. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a conversion no battle plan survives contact with the enemy. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I've also seen people lay out terrible plans and get very lucky with dice, but yep. I think that's one of the nice things about our game is that while there are, there are dice rolls, there's the the, the rolls are pretty average. Um I really have yet to see anybody walk away from playing Mage Wars going, oh, I don't like this game because I lose because of dice. Um, this is this is definitely a game that you, you win or lose based on your tactical maneuvering and your strategies to put people together and combinations together. So I, um, I actually, it's one of the things I really love about the game is that it's, it's very minimal luck driven, but it does have an element of luck that can impact the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he asks one more question. He says, the artwork for the female wizard features an owl. Any chance that she'll be getting an owl familiar? <laughs> there's a chance. There's a chance. So you're saying there's Back a to chance. the speculation question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and now something... you can all stew on that for yeah, that's right. <laughs> months go. on end until she finally comes oh, out. That's your I'll official spoiler for the future. There we go. Really I'll give him another episode. one. When Go I've ahead. shown people the picture of that wizard, no, there's only been one person I've shown it to that has latched on to the very thing that I saw the minute I looked at that picture. And there, there is something in the picture that is kind of foreshadowing to what she could be focused around. 
Um, and I won't say anything else. I'll just leave it at that. But it, it was something that immediately caught my eye, and I went, why is that there? And Brian was like, well. <laughs> so, uh, and the owl is not it. The owl is not it. So okay. I actually really like that artwork. I think that's some of our best mage artwork uh, that we've got right now. Even though she's not in the game, I, I think uh, she looks, when I think of a, a powerful female wizard, she looks everything the part. She looks educated. She looks astute. She looks in control. She looks powerful. I really like that, that artwork. Sounds awesome. Violet Ray asks, are you thinking about expanding the podcast to a weekly thing? The Mondays without an episode are just painful. Um, <laughs> are we thinking about it? Yes, we're thinking about it. Can we do it? That's a whole different thing. <laughs> uh, I would we, certainly uh... say that's not that's not an option that we can legitimately entertain until sometime in September. Yeah. If we can, <laughs> yeah. Scott, Scott's probably yeah. flying on an airplane right now as we speak going to some con i am yeah <laughs> yeah it's in, um, in the bathroom yeah i mean just so everybody knows right like we some people kind of forget this at times i mean we are only a five-person company you know we are a small company we're not um you know we're not 700 people strong like an asthma day or anything like that so um, we, you know, uh, people kind of laugh when I introduce myself sometimes. They're like, what are your responsibilities? I'm like, well, I'm vice president in charge of sales and marketing, and I'm also head of custodial engineering. There you go. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm like, I, I do everything, right? I, I can help with sales and marketing. I can clean the toilets if I need to. So, um, yeah, we, we do our best with what we have. So, uh, we knew we could commit, the three of us knew we could commit to bi-weekly. So, so that's what we're delivering right now. Um, as time goes on, can't never say never, so you never know what will happen. Um, but we would definitely love to. I think it's just more of a matter of uh, timing, availability, and uh, capability to get it all done. But that's good to hear that you like it so much that, you know, if you don't, if we're not there on Monday that, you know, you may have a sad face. But then the next Monday we bring you a happy face. So we will continue to do our best. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thank no, you, Violet Ray, for the feedback. We really appreciate that. Are you? Let me get this right. Are you saying Violet Ray or Violent Ray? Violent Ray. Okay. Well, in that case, Ray, yes, we are thinking about it. And I want to make sure you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this one comes from Twitter at JC Pine Seven. Says, "Where's the best place to learn more about the lore of Ad Mage Wars?" Ooh, that's right up Aaron's alley. Yeah. Aaron's, ha- Aaron's house is the Actually, if you can make it to Roanoke, Indiana, I would be happy to talk to you. Um, but uh, assuming that is not in your in the cards, um, the best place to start is on the website. We have um, all of the uh, OP stories. That have appeared so far, um, and, those and that's are great. By the way, those are that's excellent. a good that's a good place to start. Um, we're actually working on trying to get some content independent of that. I actually have uh, a couple stories and I think a couple articles, and I just need to proof them and get them onto Patrick and Scott, and then we should be able to start getting uh, some more stuff up there. Um, Basically, the best way to find out more about the world is to kind of just jump in. Um, I realize it sounds kind of kind of cheesy, but um, we do try and put um, a fair amount of flavor in all the cards and throughout the flavor text. Um, like, for instance, characters in the OP story. Um, some of them are ones who appear on flavor text, so you get to see more of them. Um, and we're going to be expanding this. I know that we have, you know, other things planned to get more, uh, of the world itself out there. Um, but right now I would definitely start with the OP story. Yeah. So the the OP section online, if you go to magewars.com, um, there's an entire area there for organized play, and it's got the, the first five OP kits and some of the story you can read about. Um, another another way, which a lot of people know about right now, we announced this back in March, um, we're working with Dynamite Entertainment, who does Dynamite Comics, and they are going to be doing um, prose downloads and comic books for us. 
Uh, so we are going to be, we have a very rich and very exciting uh, backstory to Mage Wars, and we want that to get out to everybody, and Dynamite's going to help us with that as well. So uh, we're shooting, uh, no guarantees yet, we are shooting at Gen Con to have the capability to download the first few pages of the book, uh, the first book, which we're pretty excited about. We've seen some of the, the preliminary stuff on that, and it's really, really good. Uh, and then after that, we're looking at expanding, you know, into comic books and uh, more artistic type things. But Dynamite's a great partner. They are tremendous company. Have done Army of Darkness comics, many, many great titles. Uh, so we're really looking forward to working with them to help bring more of the lore to people as well. Awesome. Um, okay, now we're gonna get into some of the Facebook questions here. Um, Eric asks, "What will the new Siren Mage be focused on?" She's going to make really loud noises and run around. (laughs) (laughs) Siren, right? I mean, oh, never mind. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. (laughs) That's all good. Um, Well, the big thing is she is, she's the first truly water mage. And we're talking like, that's going to be her, her big shtick uh, is, you know, water attacks, things involving water waves, you know, crazy stuff like that. Guys. Um, <laughs> uh, I know that I know one of the things that we have planned and he's going to take a lot of work, um, but he's on the box art. So I guess I can tell you about him. Um, yeah, go for it. <laughs> we're, we want her to summon a Kraken. Oh, so, nice. so we, we definitely want to Release be able to unleash the Kraken. The Kraken. <laughs> um, so she's going to have stuff like that. I know one of the things that I really want for her to have is a saltwater crocodile because they're amazing. <laughs> um, so there's basically if it goes into water, uh, it's probably got a good chance of being involved. Interesting. Um, that, obviously, um, the siren the traditional myth with the siren involving the ability to bewitch people with sound at range. Um, that's definitely going to play into this because that's a big part of the character for us. Now ours, ours goes a very different direction than, um, just purely the original siren. I mean, obviously the original sirens were birds that sat on an Island and ours is a, uh, a Marin, so is a, a merfolk. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of different stuff there, but the call is very important to us. So the biggest thing I could say is water stuff and then the siren's call. That's Those are going to be big deals for her. Yeah, I have an, an unofficial spoiler. She will have a Jamaican crab as a familiar, so that's going to be really fun too. We we were actually thinking about putting something out on <laughs> no. April Fools. Oh, yeah. that, that was so my fun. idea. Yeah, <laughs> was oh, it? I wanted on April Fools to do a Sebastian Crab as her familiar. Oh and, uh, man, I'm to, sorry. We didn't have enough time, and we probably didn't honestly at the end of the day have enough guts to get Disney all over us about that. But it would have, and and of course, you know, his summoning power would have probably been called Under the Sea. So it's you know, it's oh, could have be been some really good things. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mage Wars blog. This is uh, Lord of Winter. Um, he, he and he's an awesome guy. If you guys are ever on the Arcane, uh, Arcane I know Wars, that guy. Yeah, he's he's always willing to help. So uh, shout out to Lord of Winter. You're awesome. Um, yeah, he's a great guy. Thank you for all you're doing, man. Unofficial Archmage teaser. Can we can we give him something in 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 ten seconds or less? Sure. <laughs> I can tell you the same thing that we've told everybody else in in meetings, which is. It will be an amazing set that brings an entirely dynamic new style of gameplay to Mage Wars. Uh, it will allow you to play cooperatively against an AI-driven game engine, and it will allow you to play cooperatively against one uber-powerful player. So we're going to have the option to where multiple people can team up against an AI-driven spellbook, and then you could also build a spellbook as a player with cards specific to the Archmage and take on multiple people at once, which I am stoked about. 
um, at least in my area where, where I play, I see it a lot, not just in Mage Wars, but in most games, um, especially competitive games, there becomes one or two alpha players in a small pocket of gamers. Um, so you may have six, eight, ten people in a play group, and one or two people become that alpha player. And uh, it's fun, but kind of like Aaron was describing the player before, you know, when you sit down against someone and you know you're probably going to lose nine out of ten times, it may not always be as fun. Sure. So Archmage is going to allow you to cooperatively play in a whole new way and join forces with that player and go against the Archmage. Or you could say, hey, Jerry, you keep beating all of us. You're the Archmage. We're three of us are going to come take you down. And it gives whole new ways to make spell books, whole new ways to enact strategies, uh, whole new ways for players to play together and compete together. So I'm really excited about Archmage. Now, that said, um, Archmage is definitely a 2015 project, and it's probably middle or after 2015 at this point. Um, so we're definitely excited about it, but there's a lot of stuff on the horizon before that as well, too. So Great. That's That sounds really exciting man I'll kind of, as, as a and, fan and he's of the, the game, most I'm beautiful yeah. oh yeah and he's the most beautiful dragon humanoid creature you've ever seen if, oh. uh, we have a couple of pictures we released of him on our facebook page um back in march um but yeah he's he's really good looking so he's he's he looks powerful he looks dominant and he he looks soul crushing so awesome he does he absolutely does look soul crushing <laughs> <laughs> Uh, William asks, favorite mages to play, and uh, we'll probably need to make this a, a quick one, and I'll start. I think Necro is my favorite mage to play right now. I'm, I'm going to say mine is the Shaman and get everybody hacked off. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, I actually really, really dig the Necromancer. Uh, I'm going to break with form here. I want to say the Warlord. But things have been so crazy that since the set has come out, I haven't had too much of a chance to play him. Uh, but I really dig the Druid. been playing her a ton, and awesome. I, I'm quite a fan. <laughs> um, Edward asked, uh, best card? And uh, I don't know if I have a card that I prefer over any other. Um, do you guys yeah, have one that's that hard. Uh Well, I know I did that article for... The Weird Chronicles, and I talked about the spells that I put in every spell book. Um, yeah. Any of those pretty much apply, but the one that always sticks out to me is Force Hammer. Uh-huh. Um, I hate Conjurations pretty with good. Burning Passion, uh, and so I almost always find a way to put a Force Hammer in my spell book. It's, it covers so many gaps. It's a giant ethereal attack for when you have Incorporeals. It's got bonus dice against um, conjurations, it's a six-die attack, so, you know, going for the throat and going for the other mage is still good. So it's just, I rarely ever feel like that's a dead card, so I almost always get one of those in there. It's it's probably my favorite card in the game. Awesome. Yeah, Force Hammer's pretty good. Um, I, it's really hard to say, like, one card over everything else. Uh, I'd probably be more inclined to pick, like, one card type like you know the one equipment or the one conjuration or things like that um but that's like its whole own episode um yeah i for me i really like the wand of healing i i think being a level one that's spell amazing. and yeah being i mean it, i've i actually have a wand of healing in my necromancer spell book and it blows people away when I whip it out. They're like, whoa, what is that? And I'm like, it's called the last ditch button. That's what it is, right? You know? <laughs> but, um, but it works, and it surprises people. But it's, um, it's so cheap. You know, it's two mana, I think, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, and then for two mana, you roll two dice and can, can heal a target living creature. Most people don't expect that in a Necromancer book because most everything you have is undead. Um, but the fact that you can use it on yourself really quickly in a pinch is really fun. Um, it's great, obviously, for priests, and it's great for pretty much everything else when you need to be able to heal stuff. It also works phenomenally well in a Beastmaster. So um, that that's one that I would pick. Uh, and then as a, as a nod, just because if you play with at least one creature, it's a phenomenal card to have. 
Lion Savagery. I, I think Lion Savagery is one of the best enchantments in the game in terms of what it gives you for what you pay. So, Absolutely love it. Um, Rodney asks, oh, will we ever get two-on-two tournaments, and there are there plans for an official multiplayer map that is slightly larger than the original? Uh, we're going to make a multiplayer map that's a three-by-three three zone? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be terrible. Two-on-two <laughs> two tournaments is a good question. Um, so we have strive to make our tournaments as balanced as the game can be. And I I think at this point, 2v2 tournaments are more discussion and concept than actual reality. Um, I think uh, one of the things we're looking at coming out with later this year is Mage Wars Battlegrounds, which is going to be a modular board. Uh, that's going to have um, about 12 or so 8 uh, by 8 puzzle cut tiles that you could put together so you could make the the board the way it is right now or you could make something crazy and totally different or whatever um, we actually have two sets planned so we have one set that is planned with a scenario for domination which is going to be a completely different win condition yeah it's awesome <laughs> like no kidding like I, I don't know how many probably not many people know this that are outside of the circle but like we started playtesting domination in like april and I have not played Mage Wars any other way when I play other than Domination since then. Uh, that's how much fun I have with it. Uh, it's great. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, but that's that has spawned questions in Patrick, in my mind. Uh, Patrick is our director of communications, talking about, well, could we potentially have Domination tournaments and, and have – win conditions in the in the tournament that revolve around the scenarios. So I think the, the best answer to the question is, yes, we are looking at alternative tournament formats. Uh, we're just not quite there yet, so we got to figure out the, the inner workings of it. Um, but the second set, just so everyone knows, the second set from Battlegrounds is going to be a multiplayer set. So the idea then would be if you own both Battlegrounds sets, you have like 24 or so puzzle cut pieces, you could make a 5x5 five five board, which is phenomenal for 2v2, gives you enough room to build your base up and, and still enough room to go and, and attack everybody. Uh, all Also offers you some crazy potential giant 15 or 18 point, you know, teleports if you're crazy enough. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it definitely opens up some really cool options. And with the multiplayer set, there'll be cards that are geared towards multiplayer play, you know, things that will affect all other mages or affect, you know, players on your team and things like that. So we've had a couple uh, of really all of cool that's... ideas come up with that. So there's, yeah, hopefully yeah. we'll have some really interesting stuff in store for the, the multiplayer battlegrounds. Oh, sounds and that's all still in development, of course. So speculate away. So <laughs> <laughs> rampant speculation begins now. That's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, Scott asks, uh, uh, I think a really interesting question, especially for new players. He says, are there plans for smaller, more beginner-friendly version of Mage Wars in the works, something to help uh, new players get started? Um, are, there anything, are there any plans for that outside of just the apprentice spell books and maybe cutting the board in half? And uh, just playing with yeah. half a board? <laughs> We're going to make Mage Wars the Twilight Imperium edition. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no actually there is. Uh, and I'm really, really excited about this. So we have a game in motion uh, that is called Mage Wars Academy. And it is going, in my opinion, it's, it's going to be a tremendous product for our company and for our fans. Um, it is going to be a design of Mage Wars that is a much smaller starting set that's going to give you two spellbooks with two mages. They're all pre-built, and the idea is you can open it up and start playing immediately without a board. So you sit down across from each other. There's no board in front of you. You have an imaginary zone in front of you, an imaginary zone in front of your opponent, and an imaginary zone in between you. Okay. You play your conjurations to your zone. You play creatures and conjurations in your opponent's zone, or they do, and you move up to attack. You're in the same zone to make a melee attack. You're in different zones to make a ranged attack, and it's amazing. Um, when we first started talking about the concept and the idea of it, 
the whole big thing around it was how do we deliver an experience of Mage Wars in 30 minutes or less that doesn't feel like a watered-down, cut-down, trimmed-down version of Mage Wars? How do I get the same feeling of being a mage, being in the arena, being engaged in this epic battle, but doing it in 20 or 30 minutes? And Brian, to his credit, is an amazing designer. Aaron, to his credit, is an amazing designer. And the two of them have put together something that is really unbelievable. Because the first time I played it was about maybe a month and a half ago. And Brian and I sat down in a restaurant, and we played on a table while we were eating. We had our drinks, our dinner was right next to us, and we were you know, at a two-player table and or two, two-person table. Was able to put everything out, play in about 19 minutes. He beat me because I let him. Um, <laughs> but the minute we were done, I looked at him and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, that like that was Mage Wars." And he goes, "Yeah," and I'm like, "That like that was Mage Wars." That's and he awesome. He goes, "Yes." Man. I was like, "Yeah, it was such an amazing experience." Um, because you know, just to be very transparent, you know, right now for someone to who is a casual gamer. To pick up our game, uh, it is quite a lot. You know, it's a $60 course at retail. It's four mages, 330 cards, and none of that is pre-built for you. You have to do a good amount of reading, and it's, you know, a pretty good investment. Now, it's a great reward for the investment. If you if you put the time in, you get to play one of the greatest games, if not the greatest game on the market right now. Um, but there are some people who just, quite frankly, don't want to make that kind of investment, but still would like to have that kind of experience. So this is something that I think is going to appeal both to experienced gamers, because the concept behind it is that the cards in Mage Wars Academy will work with Mage Wars, but not every Mage Wars card will work in Academy. Um, so we're still working out rules and details and stuff along that. Um, but it's going to be very simplified, very easy but not dumbed down, and that's what we're most excited about. I think it's going to be a great product, and I think it's going to open a lot more doors to people who maybe had not looked at Mage Wars before or maybe looked at it and said, you know what, I just don't have the time to invest in it, but this could be something that would let them you know, get into our world of Etheria, see what's out there, and maybe they never evolve, right? Maybe they, maybe they just stay playing Mage Wars Academy, and that's great. That's fine. Um, but if they do and they see, hey, I like this, and hey, there's more, then they have products that they can, you know, kind of step up the the ladder, so to speak, to to the next rung. So I, I'm really, really excited about that one. We are hammering like crazy to get that done by the holidays. Um, but again, no promises, but we will do our best. So awesome. Uh, let's see where are we at. Uh, Drew says, do you think the Warlord is up to par now with the other mages with the Forged and Fire expansion, or does it still require some work? And uh, I'd say, Drew, if you haven't played the Anvil Throne Warlord and some of the new cards for the War School that come in Forged and Fire, you're really missing out on the Warlord, because I think he um, he wasn't nearly my favorite mage before Forged and Fire, but now he's definitely up there, and it's really, really fun to play him. Irma Gurmash. <laughs> I'll let Aaron answer that because he he loves yeah he, he loves the warlord. So I'll let him take that one. I I do love the warlord so much that he's my business card. Um, but the thing I'd say is I think it's too early to tell. Um, my gut, my gut, which by the way has been wrong before and probably will again, but my gut says um that he's. He's about where we want him. He might not be exactly there, um, but he is head and shoulders better than where he was. Um, he yeah, definitely. He he feels like his. Uh, when you look at the warlord in Force Master versus Warlord, um, there's really only a couple of ways you can play him. They play very similar, um, and you basically ignore uh, two thirds of his interesting cards. Uh, to play him that way. Um, but that was the way you had to play him if you wanted to kind of be successful because he, some of his strategies didn't feel complete. Well, that's the benefit of Forge and Fire is it was this opportunity to go in and really start filling those out. Like, the number of people I have had come to me saying, hey, I got Talos out 
and dear God, dear God, dear God. He's amazing. <laughs> um, he I is. did not expect that. Because um, I know when we were testing him, um, he came out every once in a while. But it's just so great to see all the people who have who have been playing him and have been playing a, a, a lot of these cards and really just exploring what the Warlord can do now. Um, because we really went in and took a lot of those strategies and we tried to expand on just about everything he does. I mean, you got new soldiers, you have new commands, you have new outposts, you have, you know, outpost support, you have new weapons. Um, and armor, finally, for the Warlord. So it was really a chance to kind of go, we, you know, look back at uh, Force Master Warlord, and it's like, well, this is a great start, but where's the meat? And this was a chance to really give us some meat. And with that, I think, I certainly do, I certainly think he is not the worst mage anymore, um, as a lot of people uh, kind of said, um, I don't think he's the best mage either, but the goal with this was to really, to make him solid. Um, cause that's the, that's the big thing is he needs to be, you know, playable and interesting and fun. And now with the support he's had, people are giving him a chance. And so far the response has been that he is, you know, playable and interesting and fun, which is fantastic, which is what we were going for. Um, Obviously, I still want to keep an eye on him because I want to make sure, hey, you know, did we push him too too far? Or do we do we still need to give him a little bit more? Or is he actually right about where he needs to be? Um, but at this point, at this point, these are these are, you know, tiny calibrations as opposed to before where we were doing big work trying to catch him up to speed with where he really needed to be. Um so Short answer, too long, didn't read version. Um, he's he's close. He's he's very close to where we want him to be. Um, and time will tell whether it's, you know, a little bit too good or not quite good enough. But he's he's very close and he's very playable now. So yeah, you guys you guys rock him in some tournaments and see how he does. <laughs> um, let's see here. Jan, and this will probably be the last question here. Jan asks um, are there still some demons left that we will see in the future? Well, I'm glad you asked that, uh, because I know <laughs> that he posted the picture of Skelax. Um, we did not print Skelax in this set. So you will get Skelax the Taunting Imp someday. Nice. I don't know what set he's going to make it in, but he definitely will, because honestly, I kind of enjoy him, and Brian loves him. Um Apart from that, there's been a demon in playtesting since I started that has narrowly managed to escape being printed <laughs> in every set thus far. Um, That's actually his because... ability. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, basically, he he grapples, and we have nothing that grapples. So he hasn't made it in because we haven't figured out how we want to do that. Um, Sounds like but, a Xenobiter. What, what are those? The... Well, he's... Um, the there's a picture of him in the game, actually, already. The yep. picture on um, Divine Intervention. The, the like, cleric on Divine Intervention. Um, the flavor text says, You will not meet, get me today, Drokar. The Drokar is the demon. It's a six... That's a... Sorry. Six-limbed demon with a tail, but it hasn't made it into the game yet because we're still working out how we want his mechanic to work. But And the demon on Divine Intervention looks awesome. Yeah, oh, does. no, he's amazing. Like, and, and we're excited to get to him. We just, we've never been able to get him to work quite right. <laughs> um, so suffice it to say, yes, there are demons coming. And the two that I've named are ones that we know we want to get into sets at some point. And trust me when I say there are tons of other ideas. So um, Forge and Fire will not be the last time you see demons. Um, there, awesome. will, there will be creepy, crawly things in the future. Great. great. As long as there are things that go bump in the night, there will be demons in Mage Wars. 
Oh, that's awesome. Uh, guys, uh, we really appreciate you for listening to this episode. I know this one ran a little bit long, but I personally was just having too much fun having Scott and Aaron uh, talk about some of this stuff to come up in the future. So as, as, a, as a fan of Mage Wars, like everybody listening, thank you too for taking the time to do this. This was really, really fun for me. Um, do you guys have anything you want to say to the audience before we uh, go ahead and go? Wow. I was waiting on you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting on you. You always go first. (laughs) That's funny. Um, All right. I guess we can edit that out and I'll say something and you can edit it back in. No way. I got to keep it. That was too funny. (laughs) Oh, whatever. (laughs) I'm sorry. We have Um, to keep the uncomfortably long pause. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. uh, I will say this because this is airing on Monday. Um, Monday is a very big day for Arcane Wonders. We're going to have a lot of stuff available online around our new game, Sheriff of Nottingham. So take some time, go to uh, Facebook and Twitter, uh, check out our homepage, uh, check out bggboardgamegeek.com. Uh, we're going to have a lot of things up about that uh, and get ready for Gen Con at Booth 743. It's going to be awesome. Aaron? <laughs> I'm done now. You can talk. <laughs> oh, oh, can I? Well, I don't have anything nearly as special as, you know, check on Monday because we're going to be talking about this awesome game that we were producing. Um, anyone who, anyone who has a chance, I would highly recommend uh, playing in the Mage Wars event at Gen Con. Uh, I want to see as many people there as I can. I'm really interested in seeing the kind of books everyone's going to bring. Um, it's always exciting for me to get to see what you guys create and what you guys make. So that's that's my spiel. So yeah, that's that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, darn well. good one it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'll be at Gen Con as well, and I uh, definitely look forward to meeting some of you guys. So if you see me wandering around. I will be the chubby guy in the uh, dirty Let's Level Up t-shirt and uh, be more than happy to sit down and talk with you and definitely stop by the Arcane Wonders booth because they're going to have a lot of really, really cool stuff um, there, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So if you see us, say hi. Uh, We definitely like you guys listening to the show and uh, really, really appreciate the feedback of the last few episodes and since we really started this whole thing. So we wanted to take a whole episode out and dedicate just to your guys' questions, so we really appreciate, again, you guys submitting them, and also um, just taking the time to listen. So thank you so much. It really means a lot to me. Uh, Aaron's on Twitter now. Aaron, you want to tell them how they can follow you? Yes, I am. (laughs) At Ned the Destroyer. It's an excellent Twitter handle. You should follow It was my high school nickname. (laughs) It was on the back of his jersey. (laughs) You can follow... I, uh, I hung out with another guy named Aaron, and a friend of mine turns to me one day... And was tired of both of us turning around and saying yes whenever someone said Aaron. So she just turns to me, points, and says, you're Ned. And we're like, okay. Nice. (laughs) That's great, man. Um, You can follow Scott at Crits Happen. Of course, he's got his whole Crits Happen blog up, still running. Uh, Man of many hats there. And, of course, I'm at at Let's Level Up. Again, thank you guys so much for watching. We hope you liked this episode. And if we get more questions, who knows, we could do this again in the future. So, again, thank you so much, and game on. Play more Mage Wars.